What is up? What is good? How you living? How you feeling? It. I don't know how far we are away from NFL season because, candidly, I don't know if it's happening. But the excitement is brewing because I have one of the best-looking dudes that I've ever seen. I think when he wakes up, his hair dresses him. It is Connor <laughs> Roger, the one, the only. I have not seen you since the NFL draft. I miss you. I hope you're great. And I, I'm wondering, I feel like you haven't been doing a lot of podcasts lately. So how much information is just bubbling up inside of you and waiting to pull out right now? It's ridiculous, dude. I, I've never had in my career a month like this where I, I've done like some Jets things, but that's just the Jets. Now, of course, they've been leading the headlines thanks to Jamal yes. Adams. So that's been enough. But this is the least I've done, like, you know, tapping a little bit into next year's rookies or next year's draft class. But I mean, how much of that can you truly do before July even gets here? It gets absolutely sure. crazy. So, uh, yeah, dude, it's been nuts. It really, I'm ready to just explode whenever Stick to Football returns. Of course, Connor, one of the hosts of Stick to Football, Matt Miller, uh, thoroughly enjoyed doing the draft. I look back at it and I, that literally helped get me through quarantine. Like I think about Same. The, that, that rush for those few days, it has completely made it like given me energy. Um, what we're going to do uh, a little bit later, Connor is going to give, how, how do you want to describe these five incoming rookies? Are they the five rookies that you don't think people are thinking about that are in a great situation to explode? How, how are you selling this right now? So I did a little bit of each. I, I did two that are in situations where they should explode. And I think the diehards won't be surprised to hear their names I did one that's a little bit more of a deep cut and could have a big impact on an injury. And then the other two left go like, deep, deep. I, I don't, I don't think anyone listening to this show will expect to hear those names, which is great. This information is relevant to you to the listener for a few reasons. One, when fantasy draft starts, it's going to be great Two, If you're in a dynasty, even more value. But then the third part is what I am getting obsessed with right now, which is football cards, sports cards in general. And what I'm realizing is, and I'm going to have an uh, a expert on soon to really break it down so that if you try to get in with it with me, you're not buying the wrong things. So even though Connor's going to say names right now, and I'm going to tell you what their current prices right now are on eBay, which kind of shockingly is the number one way of purchasing these things. There's no like other way to go. Uh, I mean, other than StockX, this, th there is an opportunity, I think, for the 33% to really have a new way of having fun with football. And what I realized, I talked to Warren Sharp last night, and Connor, I'm curious what your thoughts are on this. Last season took a toll on me because I'm officially fed up with the ways we talk about football. I'm tired of the mainstream media that after every game, we're questioning whether or not a team is a Super Bowl contender, and we all talk about the same things all week. I'm tired in fantasy of turning on shows in which they're talking about Mark Andrews and I don't have Mark Andrews and there's no way for me to get Mark Andrews. I'm tired of talking about fantasy when they're in traditional and I'm in half point or they're in PPR and I'm in traditional. And in betting, what I learned from Warren last year is I believe that Warren is the smartest man in NFL media in terms of the effort that he puts in and the way in he's looking at contrarian opinions. And even when he's so right about something, it's still Vegas and it's still football. And I go back to the Cardinals Ravens game last year where they had like one of the highest amount of red zone trips, but they just messed up in the red zone a lot and the over didn't hit. And I went, 
why is this an all or nothing thing that I bet on a game and I'm so right. And then I don't get any money. I lose all of my money. I'm kind of looking at sports cards right now, or if I go a lot on somebody and they don't perform that great, guess what? Their price stays the same. So this is where my head is right now in terms of like using almost like buying stock in players. And yeah. what I've learned is the most valuable stocks are not, it just like in the stock market, not going, I think I'm going to jump on Amazon right now. It's more about figuring out who is everyone not high on that I can get in early before they realize that he's high. So that's why I want to talk to you because you've been studying the draft for 365, probably like 730 days, like to be honest. Um, before we get to that, Jamal Adams, I just want to ask, you're, you're, you're very good at putting your emotions to the side, but this is also a guy with two years left on his contract, and there's probably a part of you that's like, this sucks. How are you handling this as a Jets fan, and what is the overall feel of Jets fans right now? Well, number one, I don't know if I've ever seen a, a, the Jets fan base turn on a player that they loved so much, and... <sighs> I'll be honest, Lefko, I understood both sides of this for a very long time, right? Like, if you're Jamal Adams, you're like, I'm the best safety in the league right now. Uh, I'm a guy that, sure, not a lot of guys get paid after the three years of their contract, but I've been the face of the franchise basically since the day I got here. Even with Sam growing, it's always Jamal that does the interviews. It's Jamal that yes. goes to the Pro Bowl. It's Jamal that has to answer to the media just He's as holding much up as the, the Pro quarterback. Bowl. MVP trophy. Yeah, exactly. So when he came out and said, I, I want a new contract, or I want to discuss a new contract. I said, you know what? This is one of those times where it, that's I understand that. But the more I dug into this with people that were in the organization when he was drafted, people that were in the organization with the Todd Bowles coaching staff. The bottom line of this is that he I just think he truly just didn't want to be with the Jets any longer. I don't think this really was about the money anymore, unfortunately. I think when he rolled out the list of seven teams, uh, you know, and Warren put this in a really good perspective. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there were seven, there were, uh, it was seven out of eight of the top Super Bowl contenders. He'd right. go to those teams and not need the contract. So it's not about the contract. It's about not being with the Jets any longer. It's about wanting to go to a winning organization. And that's fine, right? That's right. okay. You, everybody wants to win. I don't think the Jets have been a model of success where you sit there and go, how could he do this? I think the problem with it all is that when you come into an organization with fans that are looking to cling on to anyone, you got to realize when Jamal Adams got drafted in 2017, look at the Jets roster. They had no quarterback, right? No Sam Darnold there. It was, you know, they had no superstars at all on either side of the football. And he came in and he said a couple of things. He said, one, I won't be a problem for this organization. Okay, that's great. People get frustrated. That's going to happen. Number two, he said, I'm built differently. I'm the one that's going to turn around the culture. The culture change is going to start with me. And I think when he said that, he didn't realize how fans would cling to that. I mean, they were just ride or die with Jamal Adams. On every single win or loss, it's with Jamal Adams. So when you come out and say... Yeah, in those crappy years, he was the lone bright spot. Exactly. He was the one on Twitter every Monday morning with highlights, all of that stuff. The guy that you're proud of, that you root for the Jets. And the only thing for a while people were proud of. So when you come out and say after three years, three really bad years. They've been 16 and 32 since they drafted Jamal Adams. You look at it and you go, man, you know, maybe you're just, you're not what you're saying you were, you know, and that's okay. You're a great player. 
you want to go win, but don't say you're this guy going to this basement dwelling franchise and you're going to single handedly turn things around when after three years, you're looking to just go to a Super Bowl contender and not play on a new contract. It's not about the money. And you're doing things like there's Snapchat videos being released of you telling fans you're trying to push a move to Dallas. I had heard back in 2018 that he had told people close to him, hey, if things don't get, and this is, I heard this in 2018. I didn't hear this in hindsight now. If things don't get better here in New York, I would like to go home. I'd like to go back to Dallas. So the frustrations from the fans, while can definitely be exaggerated, there's hyperbole there at times. I do think some of it is warranted of why they're so upset right now, because just to wrap this up, you know, I'm just writing down notes because I'm working on not interrupting. No, 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 no. You're okay. (laughs) When you look at it, the thing I've gotten the pulse of, because you wonder how's the locker room feel about this? Left go for a while, like three weeks ago, it was, hey, man, get your money. Do what you got to do. Then the last week, I've noticed a change of people going, you know what? Now you're kind of insulting us. You're kind of sitting here going, oh, it's not all about the money. We're not good enough. That defense just finished in the top 10 with a lot of street free agents starting under under Greg Williams. CJ Mosley is working his ass off to be back on the field. You have a guy like Avery Williamson that just missed the season that was Quietly very good in 2018. You have a lot of players, you know, guys that signed there on one-year deals, Jordan Jenkins, Brian Poole, that came back because they think the defense is really good under Greg Williams where they're going to cash in after those one-year deals. That's how much faith they both those players had in the coaching staff and the guys around them. Pierre Desir, guy, another one-year deal trying to rebuild his career. So when you look at it, there are going to be people in that locker room and on the coaching staff and in the building that unfortunately, but I don't blame them, are insulted by Jamal Adams right now. I'm going to take up the side of Jamal. And I know that you believe some of this too, but I, I think absolutely it's important do. in this discussion to have both sides. Um, I think first and foremost, let us look at what I believe is the common denominator in a lot of these situations. And that's the media in New York. They ran Odell out of town. They've run a lot of stars out of town. It is an oversaturated media that aligns themselves with front offices because they get information from front offices and they attack players in contract negotiations. This has been something I've seen over and over again. So I think that's repetitive. Two, I believe that Jamal came in, and I have not talked to Jamal about any of this. Two, he comes in and he makes that statement about putting the franchise on his back. And it was a completely different franchise back then. This was a Todd Bowles coach team. And then who was the GM back then? Mike McCagnan. So the coach that drafted him and the GM that drafted him aren't there. I would say the turnover of the roster has probably been crazy as well. He goes from a defensive-minded head coach and a GM that probably sat on the podium and said, this is going to be the face of our franchise. And now he has not only an offensive-minded head coach, but a head coach that his running back doesn't like him, his safety doesn't like him, and players in his last organization hate his guts. 
And there's a the GM. Fans do too. <laughs> and the fans do too. And the GM is literally, I, I don't want to assume he's leaking things to the media, but I will say that we have entered a different time of contract negotiations where before the GM could put something out in the media and then the player, if there's no media to talk to, doesn't get a voice. But now Jamal gets to go, timeout, never said that. And so I completely understand that we are in a new form of communication through the media. There used to be an advantage with front office. It's not there. But my main second point was Jamal's playing for a different team than which he made those statements for. Number three, I think he's just kind of tired. Yeah. You know, like I have to imagine when you're an LSU and you're playing for national championships and your dad played on the Giants and then you go and become the sixth pick in the draft and you're looking around the league and you're seeing like Solomon Thomas, a guy that went a few picks ahead of you that you probably think you're better than go to a Super Bowl or you're looking at the way people are talking about Miles Garrett. I think eventually you just go, this this individual accolade stuff isn't satisfying anymore. And and it's weird because I just watched the last dance and everybody was like, yes, championships are bust, ruthless, get them out of here. And all these young guys want to be Jordan. And then when they do it, they're like, you're selfish. So I think there's like a tiring thing there. Fourth, I have five. Fourth, and they came out while you were talking. This is my new listening technique. I'm working on it. Number four, Patrick Mahomes, the guy in his draft is being talked about getting a $200 million contract. So he's hearing that and he's hearing that franchise go, it's going to happen. And then Christian McCaffrey signs a monster deal. And all the fans that want to go and tell me that Jamal Adams is an in-the-box safety and he doesn't have that much value, you can take it and you can throw it away because all the statisticians will tell you that running backs are worth less. And so he's sitting there now and going, but the running back got paid. And Christian McCaffrey, in my mind, is a generational running back. I really do believe that. But I'm just saying like to an NFL athlete that's in their heads. And number five, and the reason why I think it went from Jamal has a point to this is getting insufferable for fans and for teammates, beyond the fact that it's coronavirus, beyond the fact that we're having all this racial distress in this country right now. And I I turned on the TV last night and I looked at my fiance. I went, there's nothing to watch. Like there's nothing going on. So this is all we have. But the main thing is, this is a guy that's never had his own fans not like him. This is a guy at LSU. This is a guy that goes by president. Like that, like how loved do you have to be to be called the president? Well, I think, I think he picked that nickname to be fair. Because he probably was like, shit, (laughs) everywhere I go. I'm I'm the best safety that LSU's maybe ever have. Some people say I'm better than Tyron Matthew. I go to the NFL. I'm a two-time pro bowler. I have more sacks and force fumbles combined than Ronnie Lott, Brian Dawkins, Ed Reed, Troy Palomalu in their first three years. And now you're going to turn on me. And I think I, I see this transition in young NFL players all the time where they're so happy early on. And then when these contract negotiations start and the fan base turns on them, I look in their eyes and they're never the same. Like, I really mean that. Like, I look into their eyes and all of the innocence is lost. People say it's because they realize it's a business. People say it's because like all that, you know, that young peewee football nostalgia kind of fades away. 
I just don't think people understand also what it's like for your mentions to be filled with thousands of people that used to say you're the man saying that you're a greedy piece of crap. And I think it's been a, I think it's been like a powder keg that's been brewing for a long time, but I think it's the combination of all those things. And I understand both perspectives because I was an Eagles fan when Terrell Owens was doing sit-ups in the driveway and I was sitting there going, we just went to the Super Bowl, and I thought we were going to go back again and you're ruining it. And I remember how much that fucking hurt and how much anger I had. And it's tough because I know you see both sides, but it's, it's such a, it, it, and you never want to hear a player talking about which teams they want to go to. Like that's crazy. But that's, I think that's, what's hard about it. Like I, I'll always be a Jamal Adams fan, right? Love watching him play no matter where he gets traded to. I'll always probably still watch, you know, a lot of his snaps each week because he's that kind of player, right? He plays, I mean, 400 snaps in the box last year. He covers the slot. He does it, literally everything. Does I, play safety. And I, the only thing I'm going to interrupt with is yep. I, I think that people have the safety position wrong in terms of valuing importance. And I have been saying that if I was a team, I'd be collecting a lot of safeties um, because I believe that in, in this era of matchup football where you're trying to get one-on-one, there's no position on the defensive side that can cover a tight end, a running back, and a wide receiver better well, than a safety. I'll, I'll tell you right now why every team that's – and this will definitely pertain to the Eagles – while every team that's contending in the AFC or NFC against the Chiefs or against the 49ers should want him. Exactly. George, George Kittle, Kittle, Travis, Travis Kelsey. Kelsey. Yep. Watch what he did when Gronk was still on the Patriots. Watch Jamal Adams isolated against Rob Gronkowski before Gronkowski's body had completely broken down. That's why. people want to say, well, what about Debo Samuel? And what about, oh, guess what? If you can do a one-on-one, it, it becomes it 10 everything. on nine. It becomes 10 on nine. Because everything. the court, it's, and, and I, I just also look at it and, all right, keep going. I interrupted and yeah, go, go, go. No, I think I'll say this. Why fans are upset, I think, with Jamal is because you, you make the point about, you know, just wanting to win. If he just came out and said that from day one, people would be like, you know what, Jamal, you're right. We, we don't like Adam Gase here with the Jets. We haven't won. Honestly, in 2020, hopefully there's football. Yeah. The Jets aren't going to win with Adam Gase. And I hope Sam Darnold has a career year and starts taking the steps forward. And hopefully right. that statement I just said is somehow wrong. Look at the schedule. Look at the head coach. They're not going to win this year. But if he came out and from was honest from day one and said that, I think fans would be like, you know what? Can we curse on this pod? I don't even know if you can, but I won't. But <laughs> Okay. I mean, people would be like, you know what? Fuck the Jets because they ruined another franchise player because they made a bad coaching hire, bad organizational decisions. But instead, he said, I want the contract. And a lot of fans, I'd say 80% were like, pay the man. He's our franchise player. And then it quickly became, I don't want to be here. And people were like, can you just be honest with us? Because nobody at this organization is usually honest with us. The Revis thing has scarred a lot of people. There's a lot of young Jets. Jets That's, fans, yes, it, you have a past that makes situations like this uh, get exacerbated so quickly yes. because you're so tired and you're like, I don't want to. And then eventually it's like, I can't keep yelling at Woody. Yelling at Woody doesn't give me any satisfaction anymore because nothing fucking happens. And I feel as though the Jets represent me and you want to leave me. You don't value me. So I, I totally get it. But 
I, I do think it's interesting that Jerry Jones is really a pawn for like all NFL players. When Earl Thomas wanted to get a new deal, I want to go to Dallas. Jamal Adams wants a new deal. I want to go to Dallas. Meanwhile, Dallas's books are so screwed up. They can't even sign their quarterback because everybody's on these crazy contracts that they're, they're, they're pushing the money back. Like the Cowboys have the worst accountant in the NFL. It's insane, but it, they, well, they get used as a pawn. One thing, cause I'm sure a lot of Cowboys fans listen to this and people are throwing around trade rumors online, you know, obviously like crazy. And something I see Jets fans, why I actually think Dallas is a good match, even though the Jets would charge them a tax because of what everything has gone on. Right. Michael Gallup is actually a good return piece for the Jets. And Cowboys fans, as soon as you say the name, Cowboys fans go, no. And here's my explanation of why they need to be a little more open to that. One, you're getting an all-pro safety. You have to give something up. Number two, Michael Gallup, after this year, is going to be asking for a new contract. You already paid not, Amari you Cooper. You have C.D. Lamb. On a you drafted C.D. Lamb yeah. to be the number two across from Cooper in the future. You can give up a Gallup if you want Jamal Adams. If you don't, then that's fine. But if you do, Gallup and some kind of mid-round pick is actually – the Jets are so desperate at wide receiver. That's actually a trade that makes sense to me. And I think what's interesting, too, to transition to the NFL is – I was about to look up the, the depth chart for the Cowboys roster, but I know they lost, like, Jeff Heath, like – they they've been looking for their new safety for what Forever. feels like a decade now since Roy Williams left it feels like but i'm wondering what the current feel of the nfl right now where we know nothing right like the fact that daniel jones from a from a random person is put on 10 pounds as news right now is a super whoa big off season but it made me realize the hall of fame game the preseason game is canceled i'm seeing a lot of people come out and say, this could be the first of things to come of the preseason being canceled. We are going to have weird training camps, and I could see those being canceled too. I wouldn't be surprised if the season is pushed back a few weeks. We are, there, are, there are GMs looking at their depth charts right now and not getting the normal information gathering process. They aren't going to be able to see how good Denzel Mims is right away. Looking at him on Zoom or getting calls from his trainer is not enough to make you confident. Yep. And also, we're not getting preseason games for these GMs to scout other lesser-known guys. So this whole information-gathering process, I fear that these GMs are looking at their rosters and they're going, I have to roll with this. And it might force them to go for more known commodities and give up more draft picks because – like, we, what if we don't have college football next year? You know, it's a good like, chance, honestly. And so if there's no college football, what is the point of the draft picks? You know, like that, like, I'm wondering if there's any GMs thinking like that. Oh, with that, I mean, it makes you think, number don't one. don't the Jets because, have a shitload of salary cap? Yeah, because they're all in one-year deals right now. Right. So when, when you look at it, the college football dynamic is fascinating. And, and some people just don't want to entertain this, but at some point you have to. I mean, number one, games are already being canceled because of travel restrictions. Like, I believe a Hawaii game was canceled. And, and I know that's an extreme example, but the fact that that's happening now, it, it's it's going to happen as this goes. And now you're looking at it for so long, Lefko, we were sitting there and going, man, like Dallas is going to be able to have 45,000 people in a stadium while we don't know if the Jets and Giants are going to be able right. to report to training camp because the governor hasn't opened that up yet. It's already turned to where... 
now you feel good about the Jets and Giants because of how things are trending in New Jersey. And Texas and Florida are on this skyrocket where this is so day-to-day right now. We don't have an – it's regional is what people aren't realizing. It's not national anymore. It's so regional, which is insane. I, there, you know, and I think that a lot of um, what what annoys me also about a lot of NFL media is they love talking about hypotheticals. You know, they love talking about when there's rule change proposals. Talk about the worst case scenarios. Uh, they love talking about things like, well, what happens in two years if Mahomes is a free agent? <laughs> and and in this situation, doing hypotheticals when we don't know if, about anything is, is crazy to me, but. Well, um, you, if you'll drive yourself absolutely insane if you do that at this point. Speak, speaking of long range hypotheticals, you're ready to break down yeah, some of so the, uh, the rookies? You're gonna, you're gonna right. get me into this because this is just a new venture for me to spend investing, investing in football on. I'm, look, I took um, a nice chunk out of the stock market. I'll be very honest with everybody because I just started realizing I was like, the, for me, I felt the economy is in the shitter and this mm-hmm. thing is flying up after it went down. And there's a lot of old people that I feel like can pull levers whenever the hell they want and I have no control over it. And there's a lot of things in in sports that are, you know, if Patrick Mahomes' kneecap last year was a torn meniscus and not a displaced kneecap, all the people that were sitting on all those Patrick Mahomes cards that went from $40 to $4,000, they wouldn't be there anymore. And that's the scary thing about football compared to NBA is the reason we remember the Paul Georges so vividly is because there's not that many that happen on the court like that. Like it's just, it's not as prevalent as the NFL. And with sports cards, what I'm learning is you're really trying to find the blue chip guys. Uh, You're really trying to find the Mahomeses, the Brady's, the Deshaun Jackson's, the ones that maybe people have some doubts about and then boom, they're a franchise player in terms of other positions. Cause I, I was saying this earlier, this is what, this is why I call Warren Sharp because nobody was higher on Lamar Jackson than Warren Sharp. And I know David was telling me this is anecdotal. I just think it's a good anecdote. Last January, Lamar Jackson's rookie cards, the, a certain type were going for about $76 this month four sold at $2,500. And one, the market is very hot right now. And that's not always going to be the case. The reason I'm getting in is because I think this could go for three, five years, because I've listened to a lot of people in the space that know what they're talking about. And that's what they're kind of projecting. Now, the Brady's, they're going to last for 20 years. Because even if Brady tears his ACL in week one, He's still Tom Brady with six Super Bowls, and he's still the best quarterback that's ever played. Um, But the other guys, there's these rookies that what I'm hearing, Connor, is with preseason hype, which we don't know what's going to happen this year. But when you have an unknown guy that bursts on the scene, some of their rookie cards might be $5, and they might jump up to $35. And that's not a Brady thing. But the reason I like it for the 33% is I don't want my listeners 
to put thousands of dollars into this. Like that's not responsible. If you don't have it and you can't lose it, don't do it. But if you want to allocate a hundred, 150 bucks or whatever it is, and you kind of want to, that's like the money that you can afford. It can be a lot of fun. And then you flip it. And if you keep flipping enough, holy shit, you can afford a Kyler, you know? So like, yep. I, that's the fun in it for me. So um, let's do the two that you said the diehards will know. Um, and I, or from five to one excitement of how you think I'm going to react to the name. Okay. <laughs> well, let's just start with the, the obvious on the list. And, and I'm going to look at I what know, their current cards prices. Are I now. know this is very quarterback friendly, but I only have one quarterback on here. Cause I'm not going to bring Joe Burrow to the table to you here. And these Jordan are 2020 Love. rookies. Correct. These are all rookies. And these guys. Last thing that I'm jumping in for the one thing that I'm saying that's interesting too, is normally this time of the year in years past, not last year, I would go to the rookie premiere in LA. And that was also where Panini, the main card distributor for the NFL would take all of the rookie photos. And so that's not happening this year. That's right. And so right now in the card market, there's no rookie cards with Joe Burrow and a Bengals jersey. They haven't been made yet. They haven't been shot yet. And so the the industry doesn't know, are they going to be more valuable? But, but like, so the numbers I'm going to be telling you are, is like, if you were to say Joe Burrow, be him in an LSU jersey, but I would recommend you getting them in the NFL. Anyway, okay. back to you on that. So the first one, the most obvious one, I went with Cam Akers on the Rams fucking love that so you look at when you look at the rams depth chart it's like a couple guys ahead of him that are just really nobodies right now and if you darrell henderson will always be that big play kind of guy but he's not going to be the the workhorse back yes. you got to realize what cam Akers history right cam Akers was the top running back in his class over Najee harris the top running back in his recruiting class he goes to a florida state program that has basically done everything wrong since he got there. Bad offensive line, turmoil with multiple coaching staffs. Really just nothing went in his favor. The guy was the Le'Veon Bell with the Jets was Cam Akers with FSU. He gets the ball and there's three guys in his face behind the line of scrimmage. Mm. So now he goes to the polar opposite situation with a guy that can scheme up outside zone, that can scheme up inside zone, that... I mean, it's just the perfect situation where Cam, and Cam Akers is great in the pass game, can catch the ball really well. I look at Cam Akers as was a little bit buried in this running back class, you know, wasn't mentioned with, as the top guy ever or the second, you know, he really left go. He really, really can have a Clyde Edwards Elaire-esque impact this year. If he had a better year than Clyde Edwards Elaire, I'd be like, no one saw that coming, but it shouldn't surprise you. So my, let me ask a few more questions before I get into the, kind of what his price is now. Uh, Todd Gurley is officially gone. Uh, how do you see that running back room stacking up? Because there was a lot of hype about Henderson last year. It, no, it's Aker's job to lose. I'll tell you it right now. Uh, it's his job to lose. He's a more complete runner. Why are you so confident about that? If you it's just say you got info, that's okay too. There is a little bit of info, and it's also something where when Sean McVay goes into a draft – and this is a team that had, you know, a ton of needs across the board, I think, considering how talented they are. They still had offensive line needs and they target a running back that early. They are not drafting him to sit. He is going to come in and he's going to be the dude right away. And he's a perfect scheme fit. And he's going to make it, I would say in a year, right? That's a value kind of play where his value should at least like, you know, go up 400% in a year. 
And so what I've heard is that, you know, if there's like a pre, an early preseason game and let's say Cam Akers pew, pew, makes a move and goes and goes crazy, the card can jump up in price just like that. I believe it. So that's really funny because when I was texting with Mina after the draft and because she calls Rams games. That's right. I knew that I, I know that Van Jefferson is somebody you like, but I still looked yep. there and I was like, there's a few guys ahead of him. But I kind of saw with Cam Akers and I went, because Cam Akers was my most intriguing running back in the draft. Because when I watched him on film, I was like the explosion and the shiftiness. And then when I thought of Sean McVay and the, the different ways that he uses guys, right now what I'm seeing, and again, these are college cards. I'm seeing his cards go anywhere from $12 to $25 over the last few weeks. And if he and those are not even the the NFL rookies, that's something that could absolutely jump up. So number five, Cam Akers. And the reason I love it is you're thinking about the scheme fit. Yes. Because without a it's doubt. not about your favorite player. We always say this. Let let's let's look at the draft afterwards and see and then and then kind of restock uh our position groups. Okay, that's number five. All right. Number four, Brian Edwards on the Raiders. Now, when you look at the Raiders, wow. I know, <laughs> I know, uh, that's great. He's going to be a red zone monster. He four year starter in the SEC, productive four year starter in the SEC, crazy Smith production, South Carolina, South Carolina. And when you look at him, if he didn't get hurt for the draft process, he would have dominated the senior bowl. He would have had a Denzel Mims kind of senior bowl. There is a Brian Edwards rookie ticket auto. That is up in 53 minutes. That's going for $6 and 50 cents. Yeah. And I might grab it. Okay. Kiko. Okay. So I, I, I don't remember what round did this guy go in? Cause the Raiders drafted a wide receiver and I'm, I thought you were going to so, say rug. No. So he went in the third round. Now why I like him is because they're going to play Lynn Bowden at running back a decent bit. So sure. You have rugs. Sure. You have Tyra Williams and Hunter Renfro, but Brian Edwards is going to play, man. I mean, one of those guys is, is going to get banged up. Renfro's a slot guy. Tyrell Williams, you know, up and down. Ruggs is going to be effective. But in the red zone, none of those. Possibly developing to a to a, a wide receiver one? Yeah, I think so. Definitely. Because and that, he compliments Ruggs so well. I, I was, that's what I was going to say is Ruggs is a special, is a special type of guy. Uh, Tyrell Williams at his ceiling is a two Hunter Renfro at his ceiling is like a two and a half, three. Yeah. And so this is really the only guy on the roster that fits the profile of being able to be that guy. Yeah. And you watch Derek Carr throwing the ball away in the red zone last year. Like Brian Edwards is the red zone target on this team at wide receiver. Wow. So, and you might have to wait a little while, right? You might have to wait till Tyrell Williams leaves in free agency or gets cut. You might have to wait, but in two years, Brian Edwards will be a factor, a number two, at least on this team. Did you think he was underdrafted? Yes. In this, where, where did you kind of see him going? Uh, I'd have to pull it up, but I, I liked him a lot more than the consensus. A well, lot more. Why did he fall, do you think? He got hurt at the end of the year, and he couldn't work out. It kills guys in a deep What course. are What do you think his combine measurables would have been? I don't know how he would have ran. He would have jumped really well. He's gigantic. I mean, he would have weighed 225 of all muscle. 
Um, wow. you know, if, if he could have, if he could have even went four five, five, that would have been a win for him because he's so physical, just so extremely physical wins at the catch this point. The like crazy deep cuts that Connor's going to give you. Okay. Yeah. This is th- the kind they're going to get, they're going to get more ridiculous in, in fantasy. This is the kind of guy that you can get in round 15 because no one's going to know who he is. One of your friends going to look over at you and go, are you thinking that this is Braylon Edwards? And you're going to go, okay, yep, yep. Shut the hell up. Uh, in terms of the card sales, these are the prices that I'm seeing for autographed rookie cards. Four, eight, two, six, two, five. So the value on him is crazy. And there's a few ways to do it, guys. If if you got a little bit of cash. Now, I, I keep wanting to just throw, because I, I don't like telling my listeners to spend money, especially on like, rookies in a year where we don't even know if we're going to have a preseason, but it can be fun to, to get one, you know, like you're not, you guys are a lot of ticket. Yeah. But at the same point, like I know a lot of people want to go out there and buy 30 and then be like, if they go from five to 20, $15 profit times 30, I get it. Why don't we start it off as a hobby before you quit your job? and go into this. I'm just, I'm just saying this to, to, because I think it would be cool to show I got this card and it went up 300%. That's a, it, to me, that's more fun than fantasy because I remember when Warren Sharp told me that Will Disley on the show was going to have a huge game and I put him in my daily fantasy uh, lineup and I didn't win anything because I picked the wrong quarterback. And all I wanted to bet on was Will freaking Disley. And that's what we can do here. So that's number four. Brian Edwards, I was not expecting that deep of a cut at number four, which makes me really excited for three, two, and one. I was going to say, remember now, they get deeper as we go oh, on. Man. Number three, and this one this one could explode. It wouldn't even, it would not shock me in the slightest if he just explodes this year. Tyler Johnson on the Bucks. Now, when you the look at it. The basketball player from the Miami Heat? <laughs> not uh, the basketball player. What round now, was he taking? Fifth round pick, out of went, Minnesota. Now and he's a what position? Wide receiver. Thirteen hundred. <laughs> so the last two seasons at Minnesota, and keep in mind, you know they don't always have the best offense. Uh, over about twenty five hundred receiving yards and twenty five touchdowns last two seasons. Now. Perfect to play in the slot if you need him to, you know, about 6'2", 200 pounds. Walking into a Bucks team where, sure, there's Mike Evans, sure, there's Chris Godwin. I think he'll be the bona fide number three target by the end of camp. And, and, and if, if you're the number three rookie with Tom Brady, like, there's a lot of eyeballs. And all the coverage has to shift to Evans or Godwin. I, I'm just saying, at this stage of Brady's career... Tyler Johnson could be like that seven sneaky seven catch a game kind of guy out of nowhere. So the only thing that scares me just thinking about that team and thinking of, well, cause the interesting thing is Bruce Arians is the one OC where I'm not worried about heavy sets with tight ends yep. because I look at them and I go, I don't know, man, how many times is he going to be on the field when you have Gronk OJ Howard and the other tight end whose name I can't remember right now. Um, and then you have, you know, Ronald Cameron Johnson. Bray- yeah, Cameron Bray. Like, <laughs> you, have, you have three tight ends like that. How often are they going to get the third wide receiver? But, like, Bruce Arians' base set is three wide receivers. Mm. Yeah. 
it's it's tricky because it's he'll what kind of a wide receiver targets. big guy fast guy not fast not fast um I, I think he's very physical i think he's a good route runner i think he tracks the ball extremely well i thought he was pretty tough after the catch um you know he just does all the little things right very nuanced in his route running uh i, th- I thought he caught the ball pretty well you know you'll see You'll see mixed reviews on him, but he's just so tough in traffic. And Brady kind of feasts with those guys. And I'm not saying Evans or Godwin don't, but we know that already. It is interesting. It's also, I'm trying to remember what the contract situations are for Evans and Godwin, because the other thing is, is like, you know, it's the, it's the, the next wave longevity. In terms of sales for him, he's actually higher than Brian Edwards, which is interesting. Mm. I'm seeing uh, 20, 14, wow. 26, uh, six and a half. Um, yeah, it's, I feel like it's, there, there's a lot of like some Tampa Bay things going on. Now, again, these are not the official rookies, so I'm not recommending going out and getting them, but it is interesting that he is at a higher price point right now than Brian Edwards. It seems like he is a little bit popular. Yeah, I think also like the Minnesota fan base, which is very, very impressive, will die for this man. Really? So, They're that passionate about him. Yeah. When okay. when it was coming out that he was going to be drafted later, like it they would they would go to bat for him. So I think there's a fan base effect there, which is cool. Okay. The fact that you haven't given the quarterback yet is exciting too. It's, what do we got it's, for number two? <laughs> oh man. These are like brutally deep. I'm almost embarrassed now. Um, I'll give okay. you a deep one of mine so, not, so you don't feel bad. These are amazing, though. Okay. All right. So my next one, and a lot has to go wrong for this guy to play, but I loved this player before the draft. Eno Benjamin on the Cardinals. He's a running he's back. Eno. E-N-O. <laughs> uh, okay. So this is, this so is like the deep. perfect – this is the perfect player for Cliff. Was he? And what this, round did he go? The seventh. Oh my God. So he's, he's probably not going to play this year because they were able to bring Kenyon Drake back on a one year deal. They probably like chase Edmonds enough to be the number two, which is pretty cool from Fordham. Now he is probably the number three, but if one of those guys in front of him gets hurt, left go while I, while I have so much faith in him is that he was an absolute workhorse Arizona here's, here's the thing that I want to give you perspective. It's not just if someone gets hurt. If he is getting a large amount of playing time in the preseason, that's enough hype to drive up ton. the price. He'll get a ton. He'll Catches get a ton. the ball, pass protects, runs hard, inside, outside. $7, $9, $15. And he went to Arizona State. So he's an Arizona State guy that went to Arizona. You, Some local what, round did you, what, what round did you think he was going to go in? The fourth. Also, if which you're is good for young, running back, if you're the run, young running back that's paired with Kyler Murray, because it has been statistically proven that running quarterbacks increase the output for running backs because of their ability to distract, you know, people setting the edge. Yep. This was the guy that in round four I was like, and as the rounds went on, I was screaming for the Jets to take because they needed a running back, and they took Lamichael Pirine, but. I was like, okay, you know, Benjamin, you know, Benjamin. And then I was like, of course, Arizona takes him like three rounds later than he should have went. Is there, uh, I'm just realizing this. Is there a YouTube clip or a game 
for each of these guys that if the 33% wants to go online Ooh. and get a taste of them, um, or should they just kind of look up hype tapes? Because hype tapes. Yeah, if you go to YouTube and watch their highlights, and if you also just kind of honestly, you could search my Twitter handle and type their name. <gasps> I just clip everything out. So you'll find so, all the good shit from there. Who does Eno Benjamin remind you of? Ooh, I did have a comp for him. I really should have had my draft doc up for this. I don't even it's, remember right now. I'm like in the that old relic I'm like in the fried state. Oh yeah. But all right, I like that though because Ken Kenyon Drake probably his deal wasn't that long. No, one year. Transition. Wow. And you're getting and and Kenyon Drake would ask for more money and Eno Benjamin's on a seventh uh, round contract, which is probably like a three or four year deal for like pennies on the dollar. Yeah, and when you look at his play style, it's like oh. He, like he's somebody that you could see them just kind of stashing and being like, okay, he's ready to go. Like this system, we'll have him ready to go. As long as you can catch the ball, you run hard, good outside runner. I'm all lit on Kyler Murray. All Me in. too. I already threw an MVP bet on him months ago. It was like <sighs> plus 4,400, something crazy. All I, know is, all I know is the NFC West is going to be fun as hell it's gonna be awesome. Russell Wilson versus Kyler Murray versus Kyle Shanahan like the fact that the one team I don't have hope in is Sean McVay is it's like crazy that has like Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald like that's insane and I, I think it's the two West divisions that are my most favorite because I think that the Raiders and the Broncos um and the I, I think the Chargers to me there's three teams that are my my favorite sleepers that are not relying on like really young quarterbacks. I don't uh, two Pittsburgh Steelers with big Ben. They went eight yep. and eight with Mason Rudolph and duck Hodges last year. And I think people are sleeping on the Dallas Cowboys. I really do. I, I think that um, people forget that they go 11 and five, five and 11, 11 and five, five and 11. Last year was the year they didn't make the playoffs and it's Dak and it's Zeke and it's those wide receivers and that offensive line. They went out this offseason, got Don Terry Poe. They got Gerald McCoy. Like they, they got those. I just see a lot of potential. Anyway, your I mean, number I think one is a court. Phenomenal. Okay. So number one, this, is, number one. this one's like literally hilarious. Uh, okay. So obviously not going to be a starter this year. Might not even be a backup, but I think he's going to win the number two job. Cole McDonald. From Hawaii. Had a farm? On the Titans. Yeah, Lefko, this was the the Jameis of the draft class. He threw over 40 touchdowns each of the last two years. Really Ran a quick, sub 4-6. Hold, hold, hold on a second. David Ingbert, uh, all I need to do is hear your voice right now. Do you believe that there is a player named Cole McDonald in the <laughs> NFL? <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Okay. So Cole McDonald, was he drafted? Uh, yeah. In the seventh round. Dude, I, I have, I told Connor come with deep cuts and I appreciate you. Cause I did not expect him to be this deep. Like I thought you were going to say Jacob Eason. Like I thought you were like oh, Phil no. Rivers this one year. He's got that Indianapolis offensive line with Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman and T.Y. Hilton. Like maybe, but Cole McDonald. Okay. Yeah, I, I gave you a Hawaii quarterback that he cut the blonde dreadlocks off, but at one point he had some. He had blonde dreadlocks? Please, please Google him when you can 
and you're gonna have to put up a picture of him during this blonde dreadlocks what's uh, his personality I mean, like he's just like a, kind of how you would think of a hawaii quarterback like pretty chill in terms of on the field like he thinks he's pat mahomes like he just he's just like i'm gonna run around i'm gonna throw the ball 60 yards down the field and i'm probably gonna throw four touchdowns and three picks today and i'm good with that i i just look at this and i go man ryan Tannehill has an injury history you know who the number two is behind ryan Tannehill? let me guess i have no i, I logan no woodside you making up another dude so this is what i'm talking about I'm just saying, if something does happens guy, to Ryan does, Tannehill, does Cole, does Cole have wheels? Yeah, he ran sub four six at the combine, four five eight. So this will show you the difference in value on the card market for quarterbacks versus other positions. Brian Edwards, we saw two. Um, Cam Akers was a very well known guy, and he was in like yeah. the thirties. This guy's cards are going for nineteen, eighteen, twenty, seventeen, because. The lottery in the card market is the quarterback position and everybody yep. wants to play. So we have, is he, is he Hawaiian? Uh, he's from Cal. I think California, the West coast. We have a white kid that had blonde dreadlocks that went to Hawaii that runs a sub four, six forty behind a quarterback that I would argue had one of the greatest flashes in the pan. I am like the fact that I saw uh, Chris Sims, my buddy, had Ryan Tannehill at like number 11 or whatever on his quarterback. I was blown away. He's always been a Tannehill, a secret Tannehill stand, but I didn't realize it was that much, but wow. And yeah, I mean, Tannehill could get popped. And, and, and if this guy's playing with Derrick Henry and AJ Brown, like that's a pretty, and Jonu Smith. All right. Give me more. I need more about this guy. I mean, listen, this is the guy that you need to just go to YouTube and do Cole McDonald highlights. Like they're just doing like the offense they run there at Hawaii, man. He's just throwing the ball 50 times a game. I I mean, they're doing a run and shoot offense where this dude's just dropping back and he's just slinging it and and all the crazy arm, good wheels, doesn't give a shit where it's going. Like, he's just like, I'm not going to. Like, I'm not going to lose the game like a coward is how he plays. And we, we got to wrap up the pod soon. But the thing that I'll say is uh, I have a uh, – Ingber calls him a Zuckerberg. I have a young savant in the card game that I've been talking to nonstop. I talked to him for three and a half hours the other day and just picked his brain. And when he told me that that preseason when Chad Kelly – put together a game or two that his card like went up five X because people were like, I want to get in. When I hear a guy like you're saying Cole McDonald and what he could do and the excitement he could bring, that gets me pretty pumped. Dude. It's awesome. It's awesome. Now, now I'm like a little upset that the preseason might be axed a lot. I know because I just want to watch these guys with your 33% and just have a good time. Look, here's the deal, man. This is for me, I don't, I know there's a window, but I don't think it's just this year. And, and I think that uh, what I, what I'm learning about the hobby is that the earlier you get in the better and who better to do this with than someone like you, that's really diving in. And, and I mean, can you imagine if we were doing this in May, 
when nobody oh. was talking about the NFL and their cards were probably worth like two dollars. Three so cents. Like, yeah. Yes. That's uh okay. This is exciting. I'm excited. It's great to see you, Connor. Hell yeah, man. I always appreciate you having me, dude. I needed to talk some football badly. Oh, and uh I feel your pain with the Jets and Jamal. Um, because we've all had a player on our team that eventually said, I don't think I can be here anymore. And it's like, it's like a significant other looking at you and just going, I don't think this is going to work. And you want to fight for it. But then there's one part where you go, you know what? Screw you. I'm going to go and figure out my own shit. And that's where I feel like both sides are right now. But I'm just going to say, there are plenty of times where you go away for a day and you come back and you go, and my bad. And that's where I'm hoping it gets to. Like I'm, I'm hoping that the season does happen, and I'm hoping that uh, the Jets surprise a lot of people. For the first yeah. year in a while, the AFC East seems open, wide open. I know. I just want Sam open. Darnold to be good, man. That's all it comes down to, really. And I know you feel the same. Of course, of yeah. course. I like good people to S- succeed. Santa Sam. Oh man. All right, Connor, you're the man. All right, thanks, Lefko. Uh, I'm going to, uh, close it out really quick. Um, because I do always want to leave you guys, um, with something to think about, uh, next week, I am going to likely be taking off. Uh, the main reason is the week after that, uh, NBA on TNT is back. They are starting to book me flights to Atlanta. And I'm hearing that when the playoffs start, if, and when the playoffs start, uh, I could be working like two or three times a week. So I don't even know if I'm going to have to be living in Atlanta for a little bit. I I'm excited because I didn't know that this was going to be the thing uh, because apparently they don't want to just work Charles and all those guys every single day. Um, So I do. um, Let me find this so I can uh, hold on. I apologize. I had uh, one quote that I wanted to read you guys. Okay. Um, I've been reading a lot of Toni Morrison lately, who uh, by all accounts is one of the most brilliant writers of any generation. Uh, And I thought that she had a quote um, that I think is a lot of people always say, I can't imagine what it's like uh, to be a black person in America. I can't imagine to put myself in that position. And I think everyone's saying, I'm going to listen. And so I'm going to give you something to listen to. She talked about the distracting nature of racism. This is a quote. The very serious function of racism is distraction. It keeps you from doing your work. It keeps you explaining over and over again your reason for being. Somebody says you have no language, and so you spend 20 years proving that you do. Somebody says your head isn't shaped properly, so you have scientists working on the fact that it is. Somebody says that you have no art, so you dredge that up. Somebody says that you have no kingdoms, and so you dredge that up. None of that is necessary. There is a full speech. It's one that she gave uh, in 1975 at Portland State. But I think it's a little bit of what we've talked about with privilege, where if you can acknowledge that the process of catching up or proving yourself is only preventing a large group of people from achieving things that, that most people don't have to deal with those things. They're, they're constantly having to deal with their past or proving something um, instead of just kind of feeling free. And I think it's, an, it's, a, it's something that made me think a lot, and I hope it can make you think a lot too. 
Uh, thanks again to Connor Rogers. I believe Stick to Football will be coming back uh, in the next few weeks. I hope the NFL comes back as this gets a little bit closer and we have a lot more news. Uh, this show is going to get a lot more normal to kind of how it was before. But I need I need your feedback. Did you like the way that we're kind of talking about these deep cuts? Does the card industry interest you? A lot of you reached out to me and said yes. I had a lot of DMs on Instagram of people saying, I've been doing this and I never thought that you were going to get into it. The main thing is, is I want to talk about it in a fun way. I don't want to talk about it in a super nerdy inside baseball way. I just think it's finally the first way where how many times have we dropped guys that we thought were going to be great and there's been no way to cash in other than a temporary fantasy league that you got a lot of other guys too. So I think it could be fun. I love you guys for Connor. David Ingber, who jumped in, I'm going to, you got, you got something for me? Just that whether it's trading cards or poker or the stock market, just make sure that you can win a significant amount of money, but don't put yourself in a position where you might be able to lose a significant amount of money. I think it's a beautiful thing to remind ourselves with. Uh, thank you for that perspective. I am the L-E-F-K-O-E. Man, felt good to talk about football. I'm not going to lie. We'll do it more coming soon. See you guys later. Holla, holla, holla.